0: Hey everyone, John and Andrew
1: here Welcome to the podcast On today's episode, Illuminating the Shadow
0: The Freedom of Spirituality
1: And Getting Wild with Ayahuasca
0: This is Obstacle Course Here we go So Andrew, a few seconds ago You ran out on the back deck and said (laughs) Get out of here you fat fuck (laughs) (laughs) Who were you talking to? (laughs) (laughs) Okay,
1: so Wow Not sure I should have actually um <laughs> use those words but no. uh there was a squirrel and w- it was a squirrel that we've been watching um dig through the garden pots on my <laughs> on my mom's balcony on my mom's sun deck. and he this squirrel is enormous yeah he was he had a like, fat ass yeah yeah fat everything <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and i i could probably get in trouble with this and it's maybe kind of judgy but um squirrels shouldn't be that large <laughs> And there's just, clearly, they're thriving here. They're an an introduced species. They're not a native species. And clearly, there's no predators or threats to them because they're just, they're everywhere. They didn't used to be around. And now I'm probably going to get in trouble for immigration talk, but um, this is a good intro for... (laughs) For me being judged. Please don't see any metaphors in what Andrew's saying right now. Yeah. There's zero.
0: There's actually a fat squirrel. That's all we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: And it's it was just digging up the garden. So yeah. yes, I did run out on, and say those heinous words, but um please take them in context.
0: Cool. All right. Well, <laughs> so we talked about something called ayahuasca today.
1: Yes, we did. Ayahuasca, Not really something that I was that familiar with. Maybe I'd heard it in passing, but um, we had uh, someone who has used ayahuasca for their own awakening spiritually.
0: Yeah, and you know, this is becoming, it was kind of on point in in a way, because we have been talking quite a bit recently about spirituality, actually. And this whole episode came from Andrew's great idea of having a roundtable on spirituality, and Hannah was going to come on and, and be one of the guests. Yep. And um, as you'll realize here, folks, in a second, uh, her, she has a whole full two-hour story that's mm-hmm. remarkable. And so that's, that's where we kind of got here. But uh, ayahuasca is used um, as a way to in, sort of open up our minds and our consciousness to other realms. Um, really, we're talking about psychedelics. And that's yep. another thing that's being talked a lot more about in our culture. Is the power of psychedelics with things like addiction and depression yep. and things like that,
1: and yeah. even uh, end of life stuff, um, dealing yeah. with pain. Um, but that doesn't mean that we should all just go out and do a bunch of LSD. No, definitely. I not. don't. I don't think. But yeah. I haven't read all the research. Yeah. No, nor have I used LSD. No,
0: we're not saying you know throw throw you know throw caution in the or don't throw any caution in the wind or whatever the phrase. Is. We're not saying just run out there and just be like give me some stuff. But but just the whole idea of expanding our minds and being in touch with that thing that we can't fully get in touch with in the here and now. And meditation can kind of do that as well. We mm-hmm. don't necessarily just have to use chemicals for it. But I thought it would be funny to share a little bit here, Andrew. Go ahead of uh, stories of when we've tried to use chemicals. To try and influence us and, and what, the, um, what the results were.
1: I feel like you have a story that you're yeah. teeing up.
0: Okay, so here's a story from me. Um, so I've, I've been on the record many times on this podcast saying I, I don't take anything. Um, you know, I take an Advil maybe once or twice a year. And when I do, it kind of makes me loopy. I've, I've, I've talked about that. I've talked about kind of being fearful about having to go under when I separate in my shoulder. And I'm just, I'm uh, as someone who likes to kind of be in control of my thoughts mm-hmm. and my mind. I'm not really open to the idea of something introduced that makes me fully out of control. Um, but it was our anniversary. <laughs> oh. And we, were at the em- and we were at the Empress.
1: Truth. Like, we, we should make people, make sure people understand. It's not our, it wasn't our anniversary. Like, no, John, John no. and Andrews. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> we, and,
0: and we definitely weren't staying at the Empress together. Because if it was up to Angie, we'd be staying in a freaking tent somewhere. <laughs> Damn
1: straight. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so, it was Angie and I's anniversary. We got a room at the Empress. Because, obviously, we're terrible budgeters. And, um, and we were staying there. And Angie's, for years, has been taking cannabis pills. Mm. Okay, and we're mm-hmm. we're talking big honky pills with like tons of cannabis oil on them. Um she has a she's got she sustained a neck injury about 20 years ago from a car accident. That combined with her scoliosis. Uh she can just be bedridden sometimes for a day or two with the pain. Um it's pr- pretty awful and Tylenol and Advil um they're 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 really terrible for us. Yeah. And, and, and for some yeah. Yeah, if we take them in large especially in large reg- quantities regularly. and with someone living with chronic pain right like it's it's easy to reach for them and easy to get addicted to them especially if you're talking
1: t3s or something with um yeah some of those other nasty drugs in them
0: absolutely no people who live with chronic pain and i know there's a lot of listeners that do um you have my full um empathy um i I don't know how you do it i know it takes a lot of uh, a lot of courage and a lot of inner strength and anyways i just want to say you know keep going um i I know i know it's difficult so Anyways, she she does take these cannabis pills and and it's amazing how well they work. She just takes it like she takes it right before bed. So she doesn't have the unpleasant side effects of kind of being foggy or just weird all day. Although I would enjoy seeing those. Um, (laughs) But she takes them at night. So there's there's really no benefit. So she had brought some, you know, because, uh, you know, it was evening and we're in the we're in the Empress. And knowing me, I was just like, you know what? Let's let's make this a memorable time. So I took one of her pills like a full pill. And I looked at her and she's like, y- what are you doing? And I was like, I'm making memories. And I took it and opened it up on a cracker and and spread all of the oil on a cracker. She's like, she's like, no, no. Like she's like, John, don't like she's don't, don't. And I just, within a second, I'd pop the cracker in my mouth. Um, so I took probably three quarters of the pill and, and gave the rest to Ange. And I was like, I was like, this is just going to be great. What's What's a big deal. About half hour later, um, we're sitting watching a Hugh Grant movie mm. And about half an hour later, I think it's called music and lyrics. Sounds awful. I'll that. Yeah. It, well, it was <laughs> for, for reasons which I would come to know. <laughs> so about half an hour later, I just start, like I can feel just sweat dripping from my forehead <laughs> and, and I could just, and, and I sort of knew going in, okay, weird stuff's going to happen. And I tried to be open to it. Cause I've, all, I've heard all the advice, just surf the waves, you know, just surf it. Don't resist it. So I was doing that. And, and at first it was nice. I mean, I was like, okay, I can see why people do this. I can see why people smoke pot almost every night. This is great. But then all of a sudden it went from nice to just like, okay, like I'm losing my sense of just my surroundings and my feelings. And, (laughs) and, And I just sort of started to slink back in the chair and I kind of would just keep looking at Angie. And she's and, probably
1: just waiting for this to happen. Yeah,
0: <laughs> waiting <laughs> and dreading it because, I mean, she takes a full pill every night and it doesn't really affect her that much. Because she's cause, asleep. And built up a tolerance. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, she's asleep <laughs> and built up a tolerance. And she had just taken a bit, so she was just really happy and probably enjoying this Hugh Grant movie more than anyone should ever enjoy a Hugh Grant movie. <laughs> and, um, but at one point, I do I do recall Hugh Grant's head turning into the horse of a head and him looking at me and just being like, John, John. And so uh, hallucinating and I was just like <laughs> stop it Hugh I, I, I literally yelled out at the TV and Angie was just like what are you doing <laughs> and then at one point she said I would just be sitting in a chair and all of a sudden my arm my right arm would just go flying up in the air and I would go huh, and then I would just let it fall back down <laughs> She said that I I did that repeatedly to the point where she's like, could you could you just please stop doing that? And this is like my way of think of trying to like anchor myself to reality. Like it's like as long as I can still like control my limbs and like just go, huh, whenever I want,
2: then it's probably fun.
0: But I mean, I was I was on the verge of losing my shit. But at the same time, I was. uh You, you want to dig in here? Well, I'm sure you have oh so many questions.
1: <laughs> not really uh is it surprising at all there's there's zero surprise <laughs> and i think you had you had some interest in when we were having this interview yeah. in um this substance ayahuasca yeah and good lord <laughs> you should never be within like three kilometers <laughs> of that stuff <laughs> <laughs> because you took a little bit of pot oil uh, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and you couldn't control your motor functions <laughs> i haven't even
0: told you how
1: how bad it got
0: yeah like at, at one point i worked i, I woke up in the bathroom <laughs> I, I say i woke up I regained consciousness or something. I became aware of my surroundings and I was just like naked. <laughs> <laughs> like fully naked on the t- on the on the toilet. And and I remember looking in the toilet like was I here for a reason? And I, and, oh, <laughs> and, and apparently not. And then and I had no idea how much time had passed. Right? And right once again folks, we're just talking about pot here, but no yeah. idea, no and I came walking out of the bathroom and Angie was in bed. And I came walking up, and I remember she said I just walked up to the bed, gave her a weird look, and then just literally just <laughs> fell right on my face, and I was done till morning.
1: Still com- still completely naked. Yeah, 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 oh, totally naked. It's an image that uh, I wish I could see, but I'm so glad that and I didn't.
0: No, yeah, we can ask the pheromone if they have footage, but probably not. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I did want a memorable thing, and I had envisioned that perhaps I would end up naked in bed with my yeah. wife,
1: <laughs> uh-huh. but
0: not quite like this.
1: No, so, so, so m- yeah. I think the... the the thing, what we're trying to say, people, is if you choose to use, yeah, be responsible, be responsible, and and maybe do it under some sort of supervision, <laughs> which luckily you had, huh. which is you know uh, probably a microcosm of how your relationship has been for the last twenty <laughs> years or so. <laughs> you know what, John, you are you are riding a high every day of your life, and I think that uh, that's what you should just keep going with. But other people, they they want to experience life differently and, and can create enlightenment out of it. And the whole conversation today isn't about ayahuasca and, and it, we don't even get onto the topic until probably close to an hour into the podcast. But, uh, there's definitely a lot of learning that took place around that topic and, and, um, and many others.
0: Hana is just an absolute whirlwind of energy and, and thoughts and reflections. And it was, you know, it was a Zoom conversation, but I kind of wished it was our first YouTube one because she's just she wore the story on her face. I mean, she's just so full of spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... and it's
1: the the term wild came up yeah. a number of times. And the conversation and and her energy and her experiences and even her perspective, they they are wild. Oh. And and no I guarantee 95% of listeners won't agree with everything that, no. that she had to say, but that's kind of the point is to get different perspectives. <sighs> that's why we're doing this is to to hear what other people, how they view the world because that is one thing about our reality and about, about our experience is that we can only see things through our own perspective. So when we get a, a perspective that is completely different, we can often be like, well, they're X, but they're just living life as they are and we're we're not here to judge them we're here to learn from them and think you know i don't have to agree with 100 percent of that but what what is there that i can apply what what can i learn and and how does this make sense in a reality that maybe i was not aware of previously
0: yeah well said andrew um this episode is going to come out in in 2020 and, and I think I can speak for both of us. Um, I often do, <laughs> which I'm trying to work on. Actually, <laughs> I, can, I think I can speak for me and maybe Andrew will chime in and agree with me um, that in 2020, we're wanting to have more of these kinds of conversations in terms of unique perspectives um, and, and perhaps even more roundtable conversations. Definitely. Where, you know, three or four people gather around and share their perspective and the listeners can judge which one they connect with the most, or maybe some will rub them a bit raw. Maybe some will inspire them. But the point is, is keep thinking, keep pushing, keep growing, keep learning. And I think that's, that would be a goal of mine for 2020 with our episodes is continuing those kind of conversations. Yeah.
1: And I do agree with that. Yeah. And (laughs) it's so important in our culture today that we are around differing perspectives because we get in, um in vacuums and echo chambers yeah exactly where we just are having conversations with people who just reinforce the beliefs and the stereotypes that we already have and that's really damaging and that results in radicalism and that's why we see so many divisive conversations and arguments that are are not useful at all um in politics and in in many spheres around the environment around tons of those hot button topics you know just when you're only around people who agree with you and then you you find somebody who doesn't and you can't even find anything to um, meet in the middle on and it's it's harmful we have to have these differing opinions we have to have conversations and just be open to other people's perspectives because that's how we grow and don't just do the same thing over and over again and and reinforce our own possibly limiting beliefs
0: absolutely man conversations within a vacuum suck
1: (laughs) all right enjoy this episode everybody Well, Hanna, thank you so much for making the time. Uh, you're, you're. I guess you're in the same time zone as, as we are, but we're uh, yeah. we're many miles away. You're, you're down in sunny Los Angeles right now.
3: Yeah, it's a pretty sunny day too.
1: Yeah, and and we're in a very <laughs> typically dreary <laughs> <laughs> fall, uh, yeah. late fall uh, here on the West Coast. But um, we we can still connect, which is amazing. So. Yeah definitely we're calling so you can cheer us up basically <laughs> yeah
3: okay great I, mean, I could do that
1: <laughs> yeah perfect <laughs> bring a little brightness into our lives yeah
3: <laughs>
1: cool well one of the reasons so initially we were gathering our round table for a discussion on spirituality which is how we first got introduced to you and then john and you had a conversation and, and then john came right back to me and was like this is, we got a full episode here. We, <laughs> we, uh, we need to get more into this. So um, yeah, thanks again for making the time. And, and maybe where we, we thought about starting was just, um, it's a question that we asked on our spirituality round table is, uh, basically, what does spirituality mean to you?
3: Mm, I love that. Okay, well, um, then I will quickly ask for a, um, a little bit of space right now to, before I answer this question. Uh, to call in who I um, spirits and angels and higher entities that um, I ask that, uh, that they, they be the guardians of this session of this podcast for us and that they allow the highest vibration to come through in our thoughts and our words and that the connection with our hearts connects with anyone listening to this, to this message. And, um, And aho, and to stay with us throughout this entire podcast for the blessings of all beings. So, um, now to answer your question, I think spirituality is just that it's a unique connection that uh, cannot be defined by natural laws of, you know, physics or science, or maybe there's some genius that will eventually prove what that is one day. But as far as I see it, spirituality is this deep place of connection inside of me. And um, I don't know where it began because I think it just is in existence when I became in in matter and into existence. So for me, spirituality is the essence of who we are, um, which is the beautiful mystery of who we are as well.
1: I love the idea of that beautiful mystery. and, And there's definitely a, a, a part of spirituality that is the unknown and we live in a very like fact-based society now um you can google anything and it can you get the answer immediately and so we're often a, a, i think humans have always been afraid of the unknown but now we, we're kind of distrustful or or skeptical uh, of the unknown uh, to a, a significant degree so mm-hmm. yeah it it can be challenging for people to accept that there's, there's something greater that they don't fully understand. So when you say kind of the beautiful mystery, I, I like that, um, that approach now, yeah, you mentioned, um, kind of not, not being aware of, of when this spiritual journey began. Um, do you, do you have any idea of kind of uh, any early childhood memories of being spiritual or, or being perhaps more spiritual than, than others that were around you?
3: Yeah, I think, I, um, think I'm think i a late bloomer in in a lot of ways. I joke around. Uh, my mom told me when I was born, I, I came out of sleep. Like, <laughs> who, who does that? You know, like, this yeah. is my birthday and, um, you know, so, and I, I just joke, I've, I've interpreted, you know, our birth as, you know, the moment we enter into this world, like, does that set this sort of energetic blueprint for um, for life? And it's so hilarious that I came out of sleep because I feel like for, for many, many years, um, uh, the the faith and the the conduit, you know, the the strength of the connection that I feel now, I, I don't think I had this um, when I was first born or like I didn't tap into it just yet. I was raised Catholic, so at a very young age. I went to Catholic school, you know, from first grade to, to eighth grade, actually till 10th grade. And um, I see, I saw this home video uh, where my mom put us in the parade and we were all the, I was a turtle, part of Noah's Ark, and my brother was a bluebird. And these songs that I would sing, they would crack me up. I mean, it was like this indoctrination, so this one went, Noah, 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 Noah. And at the very end, I was like, he's our noble leader. And I, <laughs> I, looked, like <laughs> and I looked like this cheerleader. So either, actually, maybe I did have some sort of faith, and, or maybe it was just the fact that I love being like a cheerleader, that that passion was coming out to be excited about something that sounded cool and awesome and good um but i think along the way i uh i started to tap into stronger connections and i think i think it's common for most people in times of need or in times of stress or um choosing making big life changes or choices we call in that additional support so um i would imagine that as life progressed i started to Feel the need to to ask for more support on, on my journey.
0: Well, and, and Catholicism um, is is known for being very focused on external rituals and things like that, right? Yeah. It's it's at the heart of it's at the heart of the faith. And and you've you've begun this conversation by talking about something that's happen, happening inside of you. And right. so um, I'm wondering if that internal sort of spirituality or or feeling that you had. Um, grew out of your Catholic faith or something you found apart from it?
3: I mean, I definitely... Uh, there's definitely iconography, like religious iconography that I identify with, and I thought, this this is cool. Like, you know, Jesus seemed like a cool dude, you mm-hmm. know? Um, Mother Mary um, is also uh, someone that I started to really... Uh, have a deeper connection with I think the the older I got. um I'm trying to think if there was like a priest who maybe made a a positive impact, and I thought, okay, if if he's you know a man of the cloth, and if that's what this represents, then he's cool. Um, but I mean, I didn't have any bad experiences with priests. I just mm-hmm. I don't think there was ever one. i thought okay you're you're really cool, you know so. I don't know. I think my childhood was I I loved um stations of the cross. I loved the songs. I don't know if they made sense to me when I was little, but I guess there was just a security maybe being in, inside the church and with all the other classmates and with the uniforms. Um I just enjoyed it.
0: You're going to love this my, my brother um was 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 on the spirituality discussion. And he actually just did a crossfit workout based on Stations of the Cross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So like
3: Jesus falls the first time are you doing lunges or something? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> it's 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 stuff like that, basically. And and the workout ends basically just face down before God or just, you know, you're totally exhausted and they have a moment of quiet. And it was, it was it was cool hearing him link those two things, yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: that's wild. See, yeah. I'd be- totally down yeah i was gonna
0: say i'll get him to send you that workout (laughs)
2: yeah i would
0: totally do that and and i love how you and your brother chose two unique animals like a bluebird and a turtle i mean typically when you think you know noah gathered up all the animals of the earth it would be the classic you know tiger and a bear or or whatever but it's it's so specific turtle and a bluebird those are the animals that were aboard the ark
3: Painted faces. I mean, my face was all green. <laughs> he was all blue. I had this big shell. Like, it was, it was hilarious. That's
0: yeah, awesome.
1: <laughs> so you were you were raised in a, a very Catholic tradition. It seems like, but but then at some point you kind of went away from that. It seems. And then did was there a was there a point where you came back to spirituality? You, you did mention how in times of stress or need. Um, that's when we often look to spirituality for for answers or for uh, comfort um, or for for fullness or whatever it might be Um, was there a specific time where you kind of went back to it and and if so then why was um, kind of the traditional Catholicism not the angle that you you went with
3: I'm trying to think if I had, so my, on my mom's side of the family, um, there's native American blood and um, ancestry. So I've, I've always felt very connected to the earth. Um, And my, my mom's dad, my, my tata, he looked like this Indian chief. I mean, he had, you know, he, he lived up in the high desert um, towards the end of his life and he would always wear, you know, this, um, like the the cowboy hat, but with the a rattlesnake coming out of it, you know, and like the venom still hanging from the teeth, you know it was and whenever we'd go to um, to celebrate Native American culture, all of the elders would pay him respect, and he would just you know like bow his head and um, so there was something in in the music and in the drums um, that just felt right in my soul
2: Mm.
3: and um, and there was no talk of Christianity, you know, or anything, a celebration of something more formal, like I'll see at a Catholic mass. Um, It was more like a way of life and living in harmony with one's environment and, um, you know, honoring, um, honoring, honoring all of the, the village, all of the tribe, you know, and then I'm Mexican by descent. Uh, And when we were studying, um, this was like later in college, uh, I lived in Mexico for about a year. And one of the classes I took, it was like taking a look at the aspect of the feminine, you know, and where did that sort of get, um, where did the narrative shift? And in Aztec culture to um, a woman, who gave birth and died during childbirth was exalted to a status equal to that of a warrior fighting a battle that, that died, mm. like defending the people. So, I mean, this, this whole notion of like, I don't know, I think I started to feel somewhere along the line, maybe it was in high school, like why can't, or maybe I had this question before too, like why can't women be priests? You know Mm -hmm. what's going on with this hierarchy and even as an acolyte actually i was an acolyte and i remember the altar boys could do certain things but i couldn't do those same
2: things Mm -hmm. and
3: i never understood why it's like you know how is this what is this hierarchy and when did i get deemed less than you know simply for for my gender um so i think because of that there was like this part of me that started to detach. um, And, uh, and then just learning more about um, different faiths and religions in the world, different ways of life. I mean, Buddhism is a way of life. Um, I really love uh, so many different things that, that I've read. Um, I went to India and uh, you know yoga and the practice of meditation I mean I suddenly realized there were so many different ways to connect to source and God and this higher power that um, didn't have to involve going into to mass going to to mass anymore
0: it almost feels like you you felt the connection but then realized there was no place for you in that context and so you you were forced to go out and and find find your place so to speak
3: yeah i think tying education to my to, to religion i mean i was in catholic school i was you know mm. at catholic school you go to mass right i think every week i can't remember yeah and then go, then transferring out to like a public institution and then college was public college so you know it was the impetus was on me if i wanted to to go to a religious service and I found that I didn't so yeah something started to shift and my world started to open mm-hmm. the perspective on
1: that started to open now maybe I'm coming I am coming from a, a place where I've had less spirituality in my upbringing um, no organized religion um, so and, and that possibly is kind of where this question is coming from but I'm curious what um, is what draws you in uh, in regards to the spiritual world, that is, in in your perspective, lacking in the physical world, and I know I know that's a big question. So you take take it however angle you'd like, but um, yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, let's see. Um, I would say love. I would say, does this put me in a state of? of of love like I'm I can feel my my heart beat and connected to the earth and um, does it just sit right in my soul and it and is it like a tool on my belt that I didn't have before like did I just discover a new tool to help me reconnect to the truth of who I really am
2: mm.
3: and um, there are definitely practices that, that do that. Um, there's some that work for, for for them. And then others that were like, "Mm, I don't really feel called to that. So I get like, there's various points of, um, points of life that we can connect to. Um, so I guess my curiosity always gets the better of me and I just think, okay, well, what's that? Okay. Like, you know, meditation, what's this, plant medicine, what's that? Um, what's another, I mean, transformational work you know, going deep, like the landmarks and the world works of the world, you know, like, or I think it all started back in like the 70s with a program called Est. And it was like this revolutionary sort of, you know, let's, let's pull yourself out of the fishbowl and look at what you're swimming in for a second, Mm. you know, like those, these types of works that allow you to see both your light and your shadow, and knowing that it is absolutely natural to have both right so um and and to a certain extent i'll always feel comfortable going to to mass you know i don't I, I there's certain things i don't like about the church that really turn me off i mean all the sexual abuse that um what was was uncovered um and the discrimination against women um and just the hypocrisy of 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 some of the priests but you know they're also human at the end of the day but the core of the message that there is this man called Jesus who died on the cross and um, his vision was for the world. You know, it was for uh, to cre- so that we could be able to create our own miracles and to be free from, from our shadow self. I, I really resonate with that now. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm still very connected to certain I- I- religious iconography um but uh maybe not the dogma.
1: Yeah, yeah. When you speak of the the light and the shadow uh as different aspects of, of self, can you be more specific and, and and illustrate what exactly you're you're referring to?
3: I think um when people uh like Eckhart Tolle talks about the ego a lot, you know, like mm-hmm. the ego comes up and how um, or Buddhism, like the attachment attachment is the root of all suffering. Um, those are various degrees of i would I would call that shadow work. Um, it's a part of us that we just naturally have as human beings and um, and the beauty about having free will, we can use that power of free will to walk a path that feels um healthy and uh and beneficial to to like our brothers and sisters or we could um or you know maybe we get hurt or wounded by someone who cho- in their free free will chose something that was um destructive and abusive and we were we received whatever that was that that person gave us as an experience and um and maybe our shadow self would tell us, oh, because there's not a wor- the worthiness. Like we're this, um, we're not, we were not worthy enough to XYZ. I Y, Z. I don't know. Some Something comes up that we make up about ourselves. Um, and the irony is all of it is held in the container of unconditional love. So... Source loves us so unconditionally that we are allowed the freedom to believe we are not loved. Mm. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. that's wild. That is so wild and so Mm. lovingly unconditional, like no attachments. And I think that's why, you know, Source is got it right. You know, there's no attachment to result. There's just... Therefore, there is no suffering at ultimate source level it 's like you 're free create, and your soul gets to expressively create this and whatever sacred lesson you are you are learning on this planet you know i i I hope I learn my lessons i I hope I learn my lessons but i I realize I have a shadow side. It took a while to figure out um you know what my demons are i 'll call them um but I think I've been searching for it my whole life, to to a certain extent.
0: Well, and I think I think if you're willing, um, it it might be might be beneficial to to share a little bit about those demons or those attachments. Um yeah. You know, you mentioned earlier that those priests, and, and you know that they're 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 human. They're they're beautifully human, and we're all beautifully human. But we all we're all. Attached, we all have these attachments. My my favorite author, Pema Chodron, talks about it just being the stickiness. We just we just can't get away from it, you know. And it's we're just so attached to various things. And I think that's what you mean when you say your shadow self—that part of yourself that's loves that stickiness and likes to be attached. And we and we're connected to. And so, what's that look like in your life?
3: Oh, you are blowing my mind right now. Please remind me of that stickiness later. Yeah. when i get into when i get into health okay cuz that was like the best i uh, i just had this vision pop into my head um so i um i've i've been the uh i've been the victim of multiple sexual assaults um the first one happened when i was uh like 17 18 17 the sort of predators kind of like snooping around and then 18 is when it happened And then, um, and that was a, that was a family member Mm. who's no longer in the family. Thank God. And, um, the, you know, I told, I told my sister and I told friends, but, um, but I never told my parents and, and I definitely didn't tell, um, his family and, uh, that was probably, you know, at, at 17, I just was in this state of denial and, um, and stayed like that for a really long time. And then I fell in love shortly after, like, or, like around that time, um, I, you know, I met the first love of my life. And um, we were together for about five years. And for some reason, there was this jealousy that just, like, consumed me. And I wouldn't understand why my body, like, why I was physically reacting like this. You know, at the end of the day, I did trust him and knew he loved me through and through. But it's like if we were walking down the street and I saw him look at someone or, or like, uh, or make a noise if there's like a hot woman on TV or something like that. It just got like under my skin and I I would just be that crazy, in quotes, girlfriend, you know, mm-hmm. a crazy, jealous girlfriend. And it wasn't until um, years later in therapy that I I understood that whenever – I would have a boyfriend who would do these normal things. Like a beautiful woman is walking down the street and you take notice. Same thing that I would do, uh, you know, hot guy working out or, uh, you know, maybe your, your brother's CrossFit thing. I would probably <laughs> be like, this is great. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, I couldn't, for on, on some level I couldn't distinguish any longer what was healthy and normal versus what was that like, like, Predator sexual energy and intention, mm-hmm. and um, because I was still sort of fighting this demon of of you know being assaulted, and um, I, I I was held prisoner to that for a really long time. Um, and and that and that was just the first time I was assaulted. You know, the um, there was uh, another time at. 23 uh, in Mexico studying abroad and then um, the very last time this happened I was 33 years old and and with this one um, everything changed because by some miracle and and I do call it a miracle I was finally able to voice what happened Um, in a really big way, I reported it this time. And, um, and that I think was definitely a defining moment, like an act of, of real bravery, um, to, to say, to, to not only to say to, to myself, but to declare something to the world, like enough, I'm done. Like I've, I've learned this lesson and, um, and I felt like if I didn't report it this, this time around, that I was saying it's okay that this happens to someone else. You know, like if I didn't put him on the map, then it's okay to help whatever beautiful sister down the road um, that he does this to and I won't be there to back her up. Mm-hmm. So something, something like fused together in my soul. And I prayed like you would not believe. <laughs> For support and I do believe that that God sent these people into my life that were the exact combination of um, of spiritual and and um, just pragmatic that they they supported me uh, through the process
1: so you, you had the support kind of at going through that process but I, I get the sense that the bravery came internally and I'm curious, what do you think? Where do you think that bravery came from, or, or what allowed you to, to cultivate that, that bravery that you inherently possessed in, in, in those important moments when you did report it? Yeah.
3: Um, I think the bravery came from this awareness that I, w- I could not have been the first. And I would not be the last. And when I envisioned another person, like it, it had to be something bigger than me, truly, um, for me to to say something and want to fight this this fight. Um, and I have a I have a dear friend, I call her my fairy godmother she um she can look at a photo and just tell you anything you want to know about the person <laughs> <laughs> and um it's it's wild her her gift is is wild and whether anyone wants to believe her or not i did i've never told anyone this in a big way she told me that she saw Um, younger girls, like minors. And as soon as she said that, it was no longer about me. And I thought, oh my God, am I really going to say to the universe, okay, like let someone else stand up against this guy, you know? And I had been, um, I had been praying very much to, uh, Guadalupe is the virgin in in Mexican culture, the Virgin of Guadalupe um, and I had been praying to her for like hands and knees, lighting candles, crying my eyes out, asking her for guidance and um, and at this point, my fairy godmother my fairy godmother and I had maybe met like three times i didn 't really know her that well, and during that um during that reading, she looks at me and she goes, why does why does this keep coming up? And she goes, Guadalupe? <laughs> and my eyes just got huge. And she goes, are you asking her to help you? And it's like my body, my voice just shrieked like, yes. You know, like, and um, you know, and this is like a Caucasian lady from New Zealand with like Dutch heritage, you know what <laughs> I mean? And um, and she said, she told me, she heard you, and she's telling you that you're strong enough. And um, she goes, you're, she said, you're strong enough to do this. And, you know, whether I created that to be my own truth, or in some spiritual sense, this was truth being channeled through my fairy godmother. I believed it. I didn't want to believe it. <laughs> Cause it was really scary the circumstances. You know, this was um I don't know if you know the like a special elite force soldiers at Navy SEALs. This was like a Navy SEAL and it happened on a naval base. So mm-hmm. it was a it was a Department of Justice investigation. It was NCIS. It was um and and this guy was like the poster child of the Navy mm. and literally a trained killer. <laughs>
2: like, yeah.
3: uh, I just, I would picture, like, in, in the trauma of it all, I remember I'd, I'd be walking down the street and thinking, like, there's just gonna be some, like, red dot on my forehead and I'm just gonna get, like, taken out, like, by one of his sniper friends. I, I mean, I literally had to, but it didn't stop me because. When I thought of other people and especially younger girls, I think part of me just connected to that deeper, younger self that got, that experienced those trauma and, and all, the, all the trauma that I carried for so long, I just didn't want other people to experience that.
0: And, and so w- was justice done in, in your case?
3: By some miracle, by some miracle. And you have to understand, we didn't, there was no physical evidence. Um, four days after it happened, I wrote to him a message on Facebook of all, of Mm. all places, because I knew if I sent, I I didn't want to call, didn't need to speak to him again. Um, and I thought Facebook will tell me he's read it, (laughs) you know, like I'll at least know and I could say whatever I want and it'll be there. Um, and I called him out and I, you know, I said, uh, I just told him, you know, like a, in a really in a really detailed way the trajectory of our relationship. What I thought when we met, I was introduced to him by family, you know. Mm-hmm. It was it was crazy. And um and then uh he responded and so that when it in the investigation it went to an article 32 article 52 i can't remember these military terms but it's basically a preliminary hearing and there's a um judge uh there's a dag person a a lawyer a military lawyer that sort of listens to the case and determines whether or not you have enough proof to go to trial he deemed that there was and i didn't i didn't think there was but there was and then it went to a court martial which is an actual trial he was found guilty, and uh, because he had a stellar record, he was sentenced to three years in prison. Hmm. Um, and uh, that was that was like five years ago hmm. that that happened.
0: Wow.
3: So yeah, justice was served.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that a real painful moment from your life. I, I know that took a lot of courage. So thank you
3: yeah it's tough to jump all the way back into the rabbit hole. I'm still kind of mm-hmm. staying a little high in the hole <laughs> yeah. you know no. um but uh, but what this did, and I think um right like two months before the trial, um my brother passes away, mm. and my brother was two and a half years older than me um, so so at this point, it's like I'm mourning the death of my brother the mm. This rape trial finally ends. And I'm done. Like, I am just mentally done. And I told the universe, like, just give me one year. I don't want to do anything right now. I just want one year to heal. And, um, you know, I, I, something, you know, my brother, we inherited, my sister and I inherited a business from him. It um, allowed for this passive income stream to, to come to us. And, and I was able to do it. You know, and and in that year, I um, I got back to things that made me feel good. Um, that's the same year I went to India, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to check out Mother Teresa's mission in Calcutta mm-hmm. um, to volunteer my time there to just sort of get out of my space yeah. and focus out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had been doing birthday trips um, for a really like uh, every birthday I tend to go somewhere, uh, in the world for like a big trip. Um, and, um, that's a great
0: idea. I'm going to steal that. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds amazing.
3: (laughs) So, uh, you know, it's also like, how do you, how do you nurture that spirit and that soul? And a year to the month that my year had finished of healing, I got offered a job, like fell on my lap, to, be, um, to become the, this executive director of a nonprofit I had volunteered with for a really long time. Hmm. And it was like, oh, my <laughs> God, I, I said one year, and now this, the universe is like, okay, now you got to get back in the game. I gave you <laughs> a year, so I did that. Um, so fast forward to three years now in this position as, as the CEO, and um, I feel called to go to Brazil. I feel I've known about this healer named John of God, and he performs these very um, unorthodox surgeries on people with no anesthesia I sent you some videos
0: yeah of. we watched them it, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was a hard to even watch he was like, <laughs> scraping a blade across someone's eyeball at one point and I was like what is <laughs> happening
3: <laughs> and I saw you know so I I felt like because of all this trauma because of you know all this stuff that sexual you know stickiness um my heart was sort of closed off to love and closed off to relationships and my intention for going to see John of God was so that my heart would open mm-hmm. um energetically spiritually I, I don't know what realm but I knew it was blocked and I wanted it open so um I you know booked the trip I got connected to spirit spiritual guides um kind of like a tourist uh like a guide for you know a tour guide but this is like in a spiritual context and um and I went down there and I set my intention and the first day I go to present myself in front of John of God um he grabs my hand and he's channeled now at this point there's different entities that take over his body that he allows in, I should say. So it's not possession, it's incorporation, which Mm -hmm. is very different. Possession is you have no control. Incorporation is you're allowing space um, for uh, this being to enter. And the entity that he incorporated that day just looked at me and it was like two seconds. It was like meditation. And I I just sort of like went to the side and there's you know 200 more people behind me and it's like really fast. I mean, they have this like clockwork. And and I got so bummed because I thought, how am I going to open my heart if I don't get a spiritual intervention? You know, I didn't want a physical one, by the way. I just wanted a spiritual one. And what that means is you just sit in the meditation room. You put your hand over your heart, you meditate, and then John of God will walk in and as incorporated. And he says, you've all had surgery. Go back to your posadas, rest for 24 hours. So... And it's pretty rare that someone doesn't get an intervention.
2: Mm.
3: So I was just sort of dumbfounded and kind of really bummed, quite frankly. Like I I was like, am I getting rejected from like (laughs) spiritual like intervention? Um, But the universe works in miraculous ways. And because I was, Turned down for an intervention. It my curiosity again got the better of me, and that's when I found um, this church that's completely separate and nothing to do with John of God, but it's a, a religion in Brazil called Santo Daime, and they drink ayahuasca as the, their sacrament. And mm. I had always heard of ayahuasca, um, but I had never tried it before. And I felt like, I felt like, okay, then this is where I'm supposed to be. This is my opportunity. You know, I need something. So, so I decided to, to try it.
0: Yeah. We got a million questions about ayahuasca for sure. Um, But
3: but Uh, have you worked with the, the plant, the medicine before or? No,
0: just, uh, no, we haven't at all. Um, But just in, in preparing for this, just kind of kind of reading and, and, and learning more about it and, and, you know, very, very intriguing for sure. Um, yeah. But, but I, I, just wanted to um, for our listeners who maybe five minutes ago were like, John of God, what's that? And they just Googled it. Um, yeah. They'll get kind of, they'll cut, kind of hit in the face with a, a mixed story so to speak, right? Like there's, there's the story yeah. you, you shared, which, which uh, this, this man who has, has seem, seemingly has this incredible, um, almost powers to, to heal. And, and, and like you said, uh, you know, um, t- take in, take in presences that can help him, but then also his humanity, um, has been on full display as well. And, and at press time, he's, there's been like 600 accusations come out against him for sexual misconduct, including his daughter has recently come out and, and said some things about how he was. And so you know, once again, a very, very mixed story. And I wonder how that, how you took that in.
3: Honestly, uh, um, so I, I was there when, when all of that went down. Um, spoiler alert, you know, I, I quit my job and moved to Brazil. <laughs> and uh, and so I was there for um, his last day when he showed up in Current. and And sure enough, this like tiny little town in the middle of nowhere the next week was packed with like, world reporters from around the world Mm -hmm. you know and i i registered with the u.s embassy department and they even sent an alert to all u.s citizens in brazil about this tiny little town with this um, sexual predator john of god Mm. so at this point in my healing work i mean just the irony of it all here here i was coming you know fresh off this like massive legal battle with like a navy god right and for and, and the fall of this hero and here I am in South America and it's like this is the first international Me Too movement to hit the continent and it's literally John of God
2: mm-hmm.
3: which I mean just the um, just the irony in itself it was it was so surreal and um I mean I uh I got to I th- I think I was in a space that was not really I, I kinda wasn't really earthly bound at the time. Like I was in, in in terms of my healing and spiritual process of what happened after, I was like not really third dimensional when all of this was going on. So it took me a minute to mm to really like assess because friends were reaching out. Are you okay? Are you safe? And you know, nothing, nothing happened to me. And quite frankly, I never even wanted to come close to John of God. Cause he, he didn't look like that nice of a dude when he wasn't, <laughs> when he wasn't incorporating people, he kind of looked like an a-hole mm-hmm. and, and, and I got to see sort of underneath it. When you live in the town for a longer time, you kind of see like it's, it's kind of mafioso style, you know, like
2: mm.
3: there were people, like anything he said went, you know, he held all the power. And so I actually found a lot of healing when, when these accusations came up because it just was like this reverberation re- reverberating, like this new paradigm that's coming forward, that it is no longer like this system Is no longer supported on this planet. Mm -hmm. This whole thing about the the you know the the guy with all the power and no, it's like heroes are falling now. Mm -hmm. Heroes in quotes, you know, they're falling because because it's not based on a solid structure. And the new paradigm is all about truth really rising. And in order for truth to rise, the shit has to rise to the top first. Mm. We have to acknowledge it and see it, our, our shadow. We need to bring all that light to the shadow, acknowledge, see it. And because I was doing that internally, I saw just the metaphor of everything I was living in Brazil at the time. So it was, it was deeply healing hmm. and he still is in in jail. You know, he hasn't left.
1: Yeah. And so in terms of this seeking out of truth and, um and all of the, the structure that was set up in the, in the system that was in place and, how were you able to discern what was real in terms of his healing properties, and and what he was doing for people, and what was all just bullshit or, um, or taking advantage of people?
3: Yeah. So I never saw um, I never saw actual abuse take place. Um, his M O, uh, from what I've read and what people have said, is that. People, so just like I had presented myself in front of the entity for, you know, to see what they told me and they, they just said meditation. So a girl, you know, would come forward and the entity and I say this in quotes would tell her, you need to um, see John of God, you know, after this session, you know, in his office privately. Um, I believe all of them spoke Portuguese and were not in need of a translator. Therefore no one else necessarily had to be in the room. Um, And then it would be some sort of like um, healing recommendation that if this happens, you'll be releasing X, Y, Z, you know, the shame of it, the embarrassment the whatever. And so everything from, I think like masturbation all the way to the full to, to rape occurred in these private sessions with John of God. Um, I didn't know anyone who uh, who had a private session um, but I, you know at the end of the day I, I physically saw him perform these surgeries with no anesthesia, and I saw his eyes sort of roll and um, people that you think would be screaming out in pain were not you know um, and in my own meditation in those rooms i've had visions powerful visions um, that have made me understand and believe that there is something divine uh, at this place at this site um, i th- i think about john of god in the context of if this is all perfectly designed from a divine perspective, then the entities must have known this was going to happen. Right. And um, it's, it's really weird. My, my guide, my spirit guide, uh, my spirit guide, my spirit tour, tour guide, my spiritual guide in who lives in Brazil. um, I went with him to present myself in front of the entity. This was before, you know, everything, everything crumbled. And for whatever day they were giving out roses to people who worked at the casa. And so my guide got one as he was standing with me, John of God incorporated, picks up the flower, smells it. And then in Portuguese, he says, take this to your home that's under construction and, and um, place it there. It is a blessing from, from us, from all of us. And they said, and hurry. So, I always, I, I, and I heard him say this. I'm like, oh, and I'm like, what did he say? He told you to hurry? Oh, I wonder why. Well, as soon as everything happened, tourism in the town went from like 2,000 people a week to maybe 60 people, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. And everything just tanked. And so, you know, it's, you have to understand this is like a few months later and I'm putting together this puzzle piece that came with like, why would the entity say hurry? And it's like, I believe that they saw it coming because there were no more clients for tour guides and there's no more money to pay for your construction of your home. If you don't get it done, you know, it's, and I, it didn't like so slowly, but surely things are coming together. And I think where, where I'm now at a place of healing in my life is to say John of God had a very special role and he served his purpose. It is so unfortunate that he, that he did what he did, you know, that he, that he had to just feed this shadow part. Um, But it's perfectly in alignment with systemically what's going around in the globe. And, And that's why I can see it all in like divine orchestration. Maybe that, that needed to be shown like this healer can also fall, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, Um, You know, we had a guest in the past use the phrase niggles with me. (laughs) And I think I I, I love that. So I stole it anyways. um, And something niggles with me a little bit about what you said is, you know, the entities knew about this and and perhaps used him to accomplish a higher purpose. Um, That's a tough sell to the victims, right? Totally. Like to, to to say the victims, hey, you know, listen. And, and I mean, a, a victim yourself, not of John of God, but but of, you know, of that kind of thing. Uh, it's it's a tough thing to say, right? No, you, I know. I know this happened and it was traumatic, but there was a higher purpose you're unaware of. How, how do you reconcile that with with the reality of 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 the the pain and trauma that that's been created?
3: Yeah. It's really tough. I mean, if I, I mean, just thinking now back to let's go back to the the last assault that occurred to me, like, how do I know that that's not divinely orchestrated so that it's shared in a bigger way to empower women down the road. Right. No. Yeah. And so like, it's, um, there's not, I, I think when the shame starts to get taken out of things, um, the healing can really start to occur with, with um, at, at least for me. Um, one of the things I wanted to share is when, uh, when I was 22 in that assault or 23 and that occurred in Mexico, um, I contracted herpes, the genital herpes. And um, after I decided to move to Brazil. So I, you know, I, I went to Brazil. I um, hadn't had an outbreak in like 10 years. And um, I go to Brazil. I have this spiritual awakening with, with Santo Daime. I come back, quit my job, and it's just like fear all in my family of like, what are you doing? And you got, you know. So, on some level, I was freaking out um, because the day I boarded the plane to go back to Brazil, I had a full blown outbreak. Hmm. Go on. Hmm. And and I'm understanding the divine orchestration around that right now too, because um, I'm in the process of healing this and eradicating it from my body.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I know that people say it's it's impossible to do this, but I've been shown that it's not, mm-hmm. and um, it's a pretty it's a pretty awesome thing. I I think if if we speak again a year from now, it's it's not going to show up in my blood and Mm. like I, I will have kicked it out and I'm really excited about that. So I don't know. There's, there's something more, you know, there's always, there's always a lesson in whatever it is. And spirit doesn't have shame or worry or doubt. Like the soul doesn't judge. The soul just wants to create. So on some level, I think the divine orchestration is just a, Unconditional loving form of creation.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and I I want to go back to the concept of the the beautiful unknown, which you brought up at, at the beginning of the conversation. Um, because it's easy to to make judgments, and and people, uh, you know, who have a who have Googled John of God, they I'm sure they were probably s- quick to judgment and and that doesn't necessarily affect your your experience um or really have anything to do with your experience there which you were seeking out healing and 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 you found it um so it's it's um i appreciate your your vulnerability and and you um speaking openly about these these issues and 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 your experiences because i um it's yeah, it it is around a place of judgment, and um, and you yeah. you can only really speak from from what you have learned and, and your own your own path, um, and and you were you were able to find what you were looking for in, in in that part of your journey, and um and and that's important. Um, if you want to, we, um, you'd beginning you'd begun to talk about your experiences with ayahuasca, and and we definitely wanted to, you know camp out there and 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 learn about yeah. it so so maybe maybe you could uh you could begin to share what that was like
3: yeah um and and i would l- just like to say th- to kind of end on the whole john of god um thing is uh i i believe Abajaña as a town is going through a rebirth right now mm. um so i see the importance of making putting it on the map as a place of healing which was the old paradigm with john of god and now the new paradigm so just because John of God's gone, he didn't have any power anyway. He was just a conduit. And those entities of light are still very much there. I mean, the energy in, in the meditation rooms felt even lighter and cleaner. Um, so we're starting to do spiritual retreats there. And I think the new world, what the new world sort of looks like, the new paradigm, whatever you want to call it, it's we no longer need that proof that we just walk in with faith and know that we're going to have a direct divine experience with source. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, the, the John of God era was people who needed to physically see uh, surgery being performed. You know, the new era is we're, we just know we're divine and we're going to connect with it. So, so for whatever that's worth, I think that's, vagina is not going away. If anything, it's going to get um, better and, and, and more beautiful.
0: Well, and the thing that is, that is, I think, coming across loud and clear so far is just your intent and your mindset on what you took from that experience. Um, yeah. So many people could just be like, just furious or broken or, you know, anything spiritual is bullshit and see what I mean. And it's all corrupt. And they just sort of fall into them, their shadow self and never recover. Right. Never, yeah. never come out again yeah and, and you're you know you're sitting before us right now um you know and i can see it in your eyes you know it's just you 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 radiate this this uh hopefulness for the world and for yourself and and i think that that might be spirituality um in a nutshell is just this this hopefulness that that flows from you for for a better world and so i think it's remarkable um i just want to compliment you on the way you took all that in and then oh. and then shared it because that's uh there's a lot to be learned in, in that. So thank you. On to uh, ayahuasca I- now.
2: <laughs>
3: oh, I'm so excited to talk about ayahuasca. You have no idea. First of all, um, yeah, it's, I did some crazy, crazy shit. <laughs> 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 you have to understand. Okay, if I can, I, I, I can't go into the science behind it. Please research that. And, you know, there's loads of articles. Yeah, and for all sure. What I can relate to it is like, you know, I can give you, loads of metaphors and the best metaphor is morpheus sitting in his chair looking <laughs> at Neo, saying, do you want to know what the matrix is yeah I love you that. know and like <laughs> and neo has been searching his whole life and he knows there's something out there and he can't quite place it and morpheus says no one unfortunately no one can ever be told what the matrix is you just have to experience it and see it for yourself
2: mm-hmm.
3: so so you know as much as i can you know it, it's just like falling in love you can talk we can read books about falling in love all of that but you're never gonna know until you actually fall in love right that's literally what ayahuasca is to me and that's, that's my definition um so i uh, so there's It's found in the Amazon. I know it's derived from a vine and a plant. And together, there is a compound of DMT that gets released through your body. And um, from what I know about DMT, we produce it two times really um, potently in our lives where it's like just a surge of it. And uh, it is right at birth and right at death.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: So um i I should also say i didn't even research any of this before i went to go work with the church (laughs) (laughs) i just knew i was turned down for this spiritual intervention and i was pissed and i wanted to know what else i could do to connect myself to source Mm. so um the beauty about uh which which is perfect like the the medicine will call you Mm -hmm. and you will feel it and i definitely felt called so um there are there's different in in brazil working with ayahuasca um there is a there could be a shamanic context of a work or a religious type of work and i was working with this church i went to a it's funny they don't call it mass they don't say we have mass today at the church they say we have work tonight at Mm. the church uh which i love for so many reasons um so I'm. I go to this work, women need to wear dresses. And I think that's so that um, energetically, you know, around our womb, that it's just sort of open. Uh, I think there is a, a spiritual context to that. Um, if you're a member of the church, you have uniforms. Men wear white suits um, or, or a white shirt and navy blue slacks and then women have two different uniforms it could be like navy blue skirt and um or a white one with green so i went to uh i show up you know we drive out 45 minutes to this town and it's a full moon which is like it's two (laughs) days before my 40th birthday Mm. and i'm just like i don't know what i'm getting into right now but i'm excited (laughs) because all of this feels amazing (laughs) and um they're grilling like there's a George Foreman grill and they're making grilled cheese sandwiches at this house. Like which the church is basically just the backyard, like a big patio, cement patio, with like a pergola over it. And I, you know, they asked if I was hungry. I said, yeah, I ate my grilled cheese, which apparently you're not supposed. It's not really I food food to, to have that kind of a diet. But I didn't know any of this. So mm-hmm. we go to the back and women sit on one side and men sit on the other and we do not mix energies the entire work there's a six-pointed star that's in the center and musicians sitting around it and then some people have um, maracas and they play to the rhythm so i'm sitting th- th- you know back in my in my clothes and i look to my left and there's this girl who's not in uniform and in my, I don't even speak Portuguese like at all at this point, but I speak Spanish. So I was like, you know, is this your first time? And she, she says yes. And I tell her I'm nervous and she's like, me too. <laughs> so I know I'm in good hands. Um, and I, uh, I asked my brother who I feel very connected to in, in spirit. Um, I just say, Louis, I need you to help me. Like, I need you to be with me and help me. And um, cause I'm nervous and I'm scared. And I look up, and hanging from the pergola are these dolls of a thousand different hummingbirds. And my brother's symbol after he passed, my mom was like you know, at kneeling at his body, weeping and saying, "You need to give me a sign. I need to know you're okay, or I will hunt you down in the afterworld." Like my mom just like made this claim. And when we walked outside, and as they're taking his body away, all of these hummingbirds just sort of flock. And like, there's like seven of them. Just, it, it was the most beautiful mm. spiritual experience. And ironically, or not ironically, this, one of the symbols of this church is the hummingbird. Mm. So yeah. I totally felt my brother there.
2: And
0: then also he, he chose to be a bird on Noah's Ark, too.
3: <laughs> he was a bluebird, yeah. yes. <laughs> Got this bird thing going on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so true. And um, so, yeah, the the work started. They they say the Hail Mary and our Father. And then people drink the, the it's called Daini, Santo Daini, which means Saint, give me.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: it's like, give me love, give me healing, give me wisdom, you know, all of that. And um, I lost all track of time. I think it was probably an eight-hour work. Um, and uh, you can have visions. And I definitely, um, when, when I started, you know, I, I couldn't, they sing, they're just singing and beating their drum and guitar music. And it's, it's beautiful, beautiful music, all in Portuguese and it's all about God. And people just can either meditate, they can sing. Um, so at one point I just couldn't keep up and I closed my eyes. And that's when these visions started to come to me. And um, the, the very, very first thing that I saw was this hummingbird um, trapped inside of this bubble. And its beak was pushing the wall of the bubble on the inside. And then all of a sudden this bubble burst Mm. And the hummingbird just took offline like it was finally free and um and uh, I saw uh you know sacred sacred geometry, lots of things um, but at some point, I started to feel the presence of this old woman like old woman, and she was kind of making her way towards me, kind of like she wanted to sit right next to me for some reason. And I'd open my eyes and I couldn't feel her. And as soon as I closed my eyes, I'd connect to her again. It's really, it was really weird. Um, and, and then at one point, the veil just dropped I, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, you know, you just have to experience it. And all around me, there were these people, they didn't have faces. I could only see sort of figures and they, but I felt their love and the songs we were singing on the ground, they were singing to me in the astral. And I, I was so overwhelmed and consumed by love. I could feel their smiles radiating and it's like like what they weren't saying but saying at the same time was like, "Oh my god, sister. Like we've been waiting for you." You know, like, "Hello, happy birthday." Like it was like it was like a, the best surprise birthday party I could have ever had. Like ever. Didn't see it coming, you know? And I just started falling. And in that moment, I knew we are not alone, like at all. And I was so overwhelmed that I just, it's like, I I can't, I I don't know. I've never had a child before, but I would imagine like giving birth and then holding this newborn could, might feel something like what I felt.
0: So you had a good trip.
3: Uh, (laughs) Amazing. Amazing.
0: Cause that's not everyone's experience from what I've, what I've read, you know, so I've heard. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, one, a couple, couple kind of hallmarks of the experience um, often are, you know, people lose their lunch, um, you know, like, like, and, and, and the way it was described is that's a pretty normal thing. Cause it's a, it's a purging ceremony. Either, right. Right. Is that correct? Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, I looked over, we you know, when I, when I was kind of like, what, what's going on around me? And I see this one girl, and she just like, you know, her, her the face of like, oh, God, what's mm-hmm. going to happen? And she just turned around and started puking. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, she's puking because I didn't research any of this. just yeah. have to understand. I was surprised. Like, <laughs> oh, she's puking. And then I looked around, and I saw other people puking. I was like, oh, my God, a bunch of people are throwing up. <laughs> I didn't throw up at all. Wow. Like, and for my first 10 works, I did not throw up.
2: Hmm.
1: so in this experience and in further experiences what, what do you think you were seeking out
3: well I definitely felt my heart unlock um, something around uh, what, what spirit I think was trying to show me is there was such a narrow um, definition of what I thought love is going to look like for me you know, there's like this checklist of things and they literally got tossed out the window. I mean, there's there's certain, obviously, you know, like loving and kind and there's got to be great stuff like that. But just to be so tunnel vision, to not allow room for much more, I mean, all of that just flew out the window. Mm. And so now I feel my heart is very open to love. Um in one of my experiences, you know, I, I did set an intention when, when John of God was still at the Casa, I, um, my friend was like, well, why don't you ask about herpes? They can take it away. And I was so skeptical. I was like, they can't herpes. Like, come on, they can't take herpes away. She's like, ask him. So I remember, go, you know, getting a translator and I was so embarrassed because she had to say like, can you take away this woman's herpes? You know, and he did. not And John of God didn't understand what she said. So he's like, huh? And she had to repeat it. And I was like, oh, God! You know, like, shut up! Shut up! Like, forget about it! Forget about it! You know, and then and then when she told him what it was, he kind of just looked at her like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. And just whatever. So, I thought I was going to get rid of herpes when I that whole, like, three months living in Brazil. And when I went to get my blood test, it was still positive. So, that was pretty shitty. Mm -hmm. Um, And it kind of, you know, hurt my faith a little bit. Until I'm in Uh, One concentration work. So it's when you're just in meditation, it's just silence. And this is going to sound wild, but I'm going to say it anyway. (laughs) Um, This figure, this vision of a figure appears, and it's got this triangular head and a squiggly uh, snake-like body. And the message comes through and it says, this is the herpes virus inside of you in its astral form, that this is what is in your body. And I could feel um, the strength of it. Like it is a powerful, you know, mother effer. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so it's going to take a lot, but, um, but on some level I gave it a spiritual eviction notice. Like I I did. And, um, and to understand what, to to understand after so many years, it's kind of like the enemy's always been hidden. Like I I haven't even seen the face. To actually see it for for what it is, um, has been it, is a miracle to me. And um, this is going to sound really disgusting. And it's another Matrix <sighs> metaphor. Do you guys have you watched the Matrix? Oh, in a while? Are you kidding?
0: Yeah, uh, I uh, love or, the Matrix, man. Yeah. Oh well, this is
3: gonna really be <laughs> yeah, gross you out okay
0: nice, nice
3: you know when they bug neo yeah yeah with that little squiggly worm inside yeah okay hold on to that vision and this oh and it goes back to the stickiness yes okay i remember <laughs> uh, okay so as part of releasing herpes from my body i i'm understanding now it's like I would have never been able to have a conversation with two men that I have no idea, you know, like I've just met you and I'm like, hey, I have genital herpes. That's yeah. going forward. You know, And I'm single, you know, like seriously, I, I, would, not, I would not have done this. Um, but part of the, the virus getting kicked out of my body, I have to – There's mul- it's multidimensional healing and the shame has to leave. So mm. by me continuously being okay to share – It's like, I I can feel it. It's like, there's so much shame that has lifted from my body. Hmm. And I'm, and I'm so eternally grateful for that. Hmm. And in releasing the shame, synchronicities have come up in conversation. And so one of my friends um, has said, oh, you know, my, my really good friend goes to um, Honduras, works with plant medicine there, like, like different plants. It's not, not Aya and has put together these supplements and it can kick herpes out of your bloodstream. It takes about three months. I was like, what? And of course I'm thinking I've, I've asked for this healing. I got to follow my intuition. And like, if this is legit, you know, like let's, let's do it. So I was taking these supplements for about a month and it's a very strict diet. It's um, vegan, but like ultra vegan, like um, certain foods because of their acidity, even though they're vegan, I can't eat like cranberries. You know, it's like you can't do cranberries, not lots of lemons, um, only cherry tomatoes. Like it, it's pretty hardcore. So, about a month had gone by, and I was taking these supplements, and I went to this one healing work with the church. And literally, like that in the matrix, when you see that squiggly thing, and Trinity's trying to like zap it yeah. and get it. Yeah. I, you guys, this is going to sound. I think what it does is eliminate like mucus. Does that make sense? So like a stickiness where shit like that can live and get entangled and make it like it's swampy environment. But it's it it was cleaning out my body so on on such a deep level that I felt can I say fucker?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You just did.
3: Okay. I, <laughs> I, I did. I'm sorry, but, no, it's but great. that's what it was. Yeah. I felt that fucker running around my body, trying to hide from the ayahuasca, so I would not purge it up.
0: Uh, wow!
3: It's like, and I looked crazy, and where where it would be in my body, and I can only access the knowledge of where it is when I'm drinking this medicine because I'm Mm multidimensional and therefore have access to these other realms, I can't feel it, for example, right now. But um, my body would indicate where it was and I could, it's like I could feel the way it would travel based off the body that it showed me in my concentration work. Like I I can't make this up.
1: That's, that's, wow. So a couple things. One, (laughs) As you might imagine but um one is when you said like sounded insane the the transmission broke up a little bit so it like slow motioned the way you said it and i hope it comes through in the recording because it almost made it even sound more insane
0: it was wild yeah yeah you you actually it you seemed like yeah you were possessed like yeah. it was like <laughs> oh, yeah. and i was like what is happening <laughs>
1: but it was just in that one moment so you know read into it's that what you may perfect time um but also as <laughs> yeah. someone who loathes snakes um you need to do whatever you you can to get that triangle headed fucker out of your body so oh, i, yeah. I, I completely support it yeah <laughs> good so it's just yeah um I just needed to get those two things across.
3: Yeah. Um, no, and, and there's, there's other levels that I'm doing. It's, so it's not just the supplements. It's not just the food. It's not just the dime I was, of course, again, I was talking to my fairy godmother. She found a prayer that um, it's actually used for the HIV virus. And this woman says that in order for your body to stop, you know, creating the, the, the outbreaks or whatever, you need to develop spiritual authority over your body. And so I just interchanged HIV virus for herpes. And I've now been saying it for three months every night before I go to bed. Because it's like I'm attacking it at all levels. Like, I saw mm. the strength of what this is. And and it's just, I mean, it's it's wild. And I, I can't wait to share with you guys that like I kicked it out and what that experience yeah. I can't
1: wait for that too. And um, yeah, it's gonna be the less snakes, the better uh, in whatever form. <laughs> So, I mean, some of your, some of your story is, is very much one of of seeking healing and you returned to the ayahuasca for, for further guidance or, or, um, or, or part of that healing process. And I'm wondering what it might take or how you might know that you had become healed. Mm Well,
3: define, I guess, define healed, Right. i i think i'm always going to be a work in progress i you know i'm going to have more experiences in life and you know maybe a couple more punches that i'm gonna have to take or I, i don't know um but what i do feel now more so than i've ever felt in my life is this incredible sense of freedom um and uh and i just feel like um I feel like I'm creating alchemy in my life on on a level that it's like tapping straight into source. You know, after I quit my job, I've been traveling for the past year and I'm using all of my savings to to do this and invest in myself. And there's no plan B. Mm-hmm. So it's like I just jumped and I, the surprises along the way, that are happening and you know i mean just being with you guys and talking on this podcast you know like none of this would have been possible there wouldn't have been anything to discuss had i stayed sort of fear-based trapped i mean when i wanted to move to brazil um i come from a very big loving mexican family you can can just imagine first of all they thought i was still high on ayahuasca (laughs) (laughs) And they were like it's still in your system you don't know what you're talking about I'm like it's not in my system i just had this spiritual awakening and i can't they thought i was being brainwashed they thought i was joining a cult i mean they thought and then and then john of god all of a sudden the news yeah, yeah. hit the fan and they're like probably this didn't help <laughs> yeah they're like this is where hana lives like this is like this dude brainwashed her and it's like oh my god it couldn't have been more dramatic But there was just something deep inside that said, You get to do this and it's okay. You know, it is okay to be different. And and if I fall on my face, then you know what? I'm going to have the most amazing story about how that happened.
0: So uh, I have a question about Aya, uh, as you've been calling it. Um, Yeah. So this this is something you've done um, several times. Uh, in brazil is this something you can do in la like is this is this or is it always have to be part of a ritual and with done with a shaman administering it
3: well the context matters when you're working with plant medicine because it's so potent and you want to make sure that the people you're doing this with is a safe container and trustworthy yeah they talk about Um, setting
0: is really important right setting setting yeah
3: very and also your intention too you know like i someone there was some video i saw and it's like you know if you're a wall you know just a guy on wall street thinking oh i'm going to do this to make more money (laughs) that's not the point of working with plant medicine like if anything it's like you know it should question my job you know like it's
2: yeah
3: um but yeah so santo Daime grew into a so as far as the church goes um i officially became a member
2: Hmm.
3: and even though my home church is in brazil um, I have had the pleasure of working with churches around the world. Mm. So there's there's churches in LA, um, San Diego. There's one in Seattle. I haven't worked with yet, but um, I'm I'm excited to to know them. New York, Canada has one in I think Ottawa. Mm. Um, and uh, and I just, for my 41st birthday, I went to Spain to walk um, a sacred pilgrimage, the Camino. And um, during the work, it, it, during my pilgrimage, it just so happened that like just a few hours from the exact location I was going to be was the annual retreat for all of Europe, Santo Daimi Church. Wow. Like, <laughs> it, it was amazing. That is, yeah. So I got to meet, um, you know, people from Norway, from the church in Manchester, there's one in London, like mm. it, all over the world is this, this religion is now a national movement. Um, as far as shamanic works, you can definitely find shamans and sometimes people will come, they'll make like international tours. Um, the, the works I do are in Brazil, just because that's what I know and I trust. Um, but if uh if the medicine is kind of knocking on your door the the right people will present themselves
0: so it's at a point now where you have to go to the medicine it can't come to you here in our context right you can't just go and you know buy some ayahuasca off the street i'm asking for a friend
3: i mean, yeah right <laughs> um is is it possible yes um but i have no idea what yeah. Would, it's like, not a
0: trustworthy source probably. Yeah. Yeah. And and sure. and
3: even though I shared about beautiful experiences, mm-hmm. I've had really tough ones. Okay. You know, like yeah. like um really tough ones where I have purged incredible amounts. Um mm. incredible amounts. And it it looks different for everybody.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are uh it's important to know we are not uh saying just Find some ayahuasca, <laughs> and uh, yeah. and no, just go for it. Definitely not. Um, right. I, I think I do. I do think that your intention that you spoke of um, is such a huge factor, it, and and in your experiences, but just in general. I mean, if if you're doing something that is potentially risky, that is um, potentially putting yourself out there. Having that intention really solid, as as you did, is is perhaps the the best work that that you can do to to protect yourself and 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 I did I was going to ask as well a little bit earlier, but I, I think it's still relevant. Some of these, as we saw with John of God um, and and other religions throughout the world, there there is a risk of of people taking advantage of others and and as in in your youth and and in previous years you you yourself had been taken advantage of uh in in a in a different way um how when going into these situations where you're potentially vulnerable as as we all are you know as we go through the world but um in these cases, how do you protect yourself from being taken
3: advantage of? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, well, I I trust my instinct much more. It's almost like, you know, when red flags would come up in the past, I'd sort of want to like try and paint them white. You know, mm. like, eh, but it's not like, eh, oh, I'll just give the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. and i think now when that little voice comes up cuz i think i think i think we can all sense it i really do um even even with that navy seal i there were red flags i mean i didn't know it would turn into what it turned into for not by any means but there were definitely red flags of like what's this like he, i feel like he's changing you know like he, he's sort of flipping mm-hmm. so i think it's to really honor my gut, you know, and if it feels kind of weird, mm, okay, maybe I'm just going to, either a friend's going to come with me that I know and trust or, um, or I'll just say, no, no, thank you. I'm going to wait for, for the next one. And, um, and not being af- afraid to say something. Actually, there was this, uh, there was this member, an invited guest to the retreat in Europe. And um, I just got, like dirty old man vibes from, from this dude. And in the last work when with, uh, we were outside and I, it's like I had a vision and it was him seated across from me, but everybody else on his side, all the men were gone and it was just him. And he had his arms crossed just sort of like, like checking me out. And, um, and I, I was like, Oh my God, you know, what, what is this message? And then sort of like all, all these sort of things that little moments I shared with him along the retreat started to click. And I thought I have to say something. I just have to say something. I don't know what I'm going to say, but I have to say something because I want to continue to use my voice all the time, all the time for the benefit of others. And so I got some, I got some, uh, an older woman, thank God, you know, I was like, what should I say? Um, and I just went up to, and I, and I asked, I said, universe, if I'm supposed to speak to this man then allow a moment to interact with him clearly along my path, I don't want to search for it. And sure enough, like that moment happened. And I thought, okay, I got to do this. And all, and I looked at him and I said, be careful with your energy because I felt, um, uh, I felt invaded. Mm. And I want you to to take notice of that in the future. Wow. So like, i didn't need to make up a big old story about it but i knew for some reason i could feel my throat chakra just like how it was in the past and it's just going for it Mm -hmm. and and saying things so i do that
0: yeah you're speaking up yeah Yeah. and and it, it takes an incredible amount of courage you know we've um, we're coming up on two hours and it, i know it doesn't feel like it does it it feels like we just got started and 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 you know
1: must oh, be the ayahuasca
0: i was gonna say all jokes aside <laughs> this has been a fabulous trip
2: <laughs> I mean, it has.
0: fantastic um and perhaps as a way of, of you know bringing it to a close I wanted to deal with the word freedom that you brought up. And it's almost like become, it sounds like it's become almost like your calling card or that, or a word that you want to, um, guide you, you know, that there's the whole thing. If if you had a billboard and you can only put one thing on it, what would it be? And perhaps freedom is, is, is what you would say. So when you say freedom, um, words are powerful. They come up, they come with so so much, you know, baggage, but also good intentions and, when you say freedom what do you feel in your body and and what what message do you hope people take from it
3: oh what a beautiful um question i think when when i feel freedom in my body i feel this this power of creation freedom freedom to bring this forward and um and it feels good and it's uh in, in one of my meditations, like, it's going to sound silly, but this Mickey Mouse balloon, it looked like a, a bubble, just sort of, like, floated up, mm-hmm. and I didn't understand it. I was like, seriously, Mickey Mouse? Like, I thought I was going deep here.
0: Well, you're in L.A., right?
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, if you think about Walt Disney and his vision, he had this, you know, first cartoon, this mouse character, and think of everything that has come from it. I mean, you've got now Moana and little girls feeling empowered of Mm -hmm. like, you know, wanting to like rule the ocean. And Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's like just believing in something and being inspired to bring it forward. That to me is is true freedom. And, and it doesn't matter if any, what anyone else thinks, just whatever feels true to you.
1: Mm. That is such a fantastic point to, uh, to wrap up on, I think, because the, the reality is not everyone is going to agree, or kind of see parallels in their own lives with with your experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they won't disagree with your experiences, but they just it, with your sense of spirituality, and right. and, um, but that sense of freedom and and believing and following what you believe and and bringing it into your life with intention, I think, is something that we can all absolutely agree on and and be inspired to do so in in our own experiences so um for sure yeah th- thank you so much for that uh, that message and and for your um your heroism in in just seeking that truth for yourself and, and seeking that healing and and the idea that you know the journey doesn't stop but um yeah. but at the same time finding uh finding joy and and honoring yourself and and celebrating what learnings you have had along the way uh, definitely sensing that in in your energy and and in what you brought today so yeah thanks for all of that and um you used the word wild a few times and it it certainly was
0: yeah i wish we would have actually video recorded it because you're you're so animated i mean your story your face tells a story you know yeah. in many ways right it's it's it was awesome. Uh, it was entertaining, inspiring, um, challenging. It was all I hoped it would be. So, thank you so much.
3: Oh my gosh, thank you, you guys, for this platform, for following your highest calling, and and just being in creation in this space. It's it's beautiful to meet uh, you guys along the road.
1: Yeah, well, the road to Hana, it uh, it's been a has been a fun <laughs> one. It's been wild, yeah. it's a little windy,
2: <laughs> <And> crazy, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, yeah. Keep us posted with getting that triangle headed fucker out of your life.
3: Yes, I will. I can't wait, you guys. I can't wait to tell you the story when it happened.
2: Awesome.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Us too. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Well, that's the episode. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. If you liked what you heard here, Check out the website.
0: ObstacleCoursePodcast.com. That's where you can subscribe, check out the show notes. If we have one request, we'd ask you to leave us a kind review and perhaps share this episode. It's not because we have fragile egos. Well... But because we want other great people like you to benefit. Speaking of great people, we have a list of people we want to thank.
1: We've got our Senior Technical Advisor, Andy Robertson, our Media Partner and Web Designer, Sticky Media, and of course, our Host and Snack Coordinator... Judy Langford. Oh, peanut butter cookies. You can continue the conversation on Instagram and Facebook at Obstacle Course Podcast and on Twitter at Obstacle Pod. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Keep pushing through those obstacles.